Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hello, and welcome back to Out of Line. I'm Annie Friday, and Candace is off this week, but I am sitting here with Kisa Marks. Kisa, can you introduce yourself? Hi, Annie. Thanks for having me. My name is Kisa Marks. I have a small play and nature-based home childcare in Oak Park, Illinois, and I'm a mother of three adults and a partner to my wonderful husband, Chris, and I love plants and pets and people. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So Kisa and I started chatting online this week about something that is known kind of widely as after school restraint collapse or restraint collapse for short, because it's not just happening after school. Um, Kisa, do you want to explain a little bit about what the general concept of it is? Well, just when the child gets to their safe space, and I put quotations on there, they kind of are really dysregulated. They have meltdowns, tantrums. They just need to decompress. And it's been normalized in parenting life as something, I think it's kind of like romanticized. Your your child is safe and at home with you, but that's the what, and we're not thinking about the why. So <laughs> that's really what I want us as grownups to dig into why that's happening. Well, and I think that was what um, struck me about your your post this week. And, and I think you had five things listed. And I, yeah. I believe one of the first ones was be curious, right? Mm-hmm. Like ask the questions mm-hmm. about what's going on mm-hmm. when they're away from you. Yeah, yeah. Instead of thinking, oh, they love me so much. They're doing this. It's like, oh, well, why are they doing that? Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> excuse me, I um <laughs> getting over a cold winter in the Midwest. You never kick anything oh. these days. <laughs> um, well, so I was in childcare for a long time and I would see kids who went from being in childcare. You know, sometimes kids are in childcare 50 hours a week and that's pretty normal if their parents yeah. are working 40 hours plus drive time and whatever else time. Um, and they would leave and they had been in childcare, you know, five years, six years, their whole lives. And they go to kindergarten and mm-hmm. all of a sudden parents were like, why is this happening? Cause yeah. it's not the length of day. The day was actually shorter, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. um, like, and so then that be curious. So what, mm-hmm. what are the questions you would ask? What are, what are you getting curious about to help you figure out like, with your kid, if this is standard, normal, something you're ready to put up with or something you'd rather, rather change? Uh, me personally, or the parents? Sure, yeah. Or just like, yeah, what do you suggest to parents? Yeah. But I would think to be curious and see if it's, because the, it could be two things. If these are emergent concepts for a child and they're just learning how to school, it's going to be exhausting. So at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, you may need to decompress and you may have meltdowns. That's completely normal. It's the fact that they're doing it, if they're doing it, because of rigid rules and things that are unreasonable being put on their shoulders. 
if they do that, that's what you want to look, you want to find out about. And that's why you need to be curious so you can distinguish between the two. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, I think that's, that's what early childhood providers, caregivers see as the difference, right? Like, yeah, there's this level of, um, of course, there's a transition. Of course, your kid's going to be tired. Mm -hmm. They're learning Mm -hmm. new people, new names, new Mm -hmm. environment. Yeah. But then where, like, when does it go too far and why is it happening? Yes. Um, I know for my son, when he was in kindergarten, oh my gosh. And thank goodness we were in walking distance and we could walk home and I'd always have snacks and we wouldn't walk home. We'd just walk to the like edge of the playground, mm-hmm. sit down, have a snack. I'd bring some books. I mean, there were days he'd like throw the books at me and be like, no. And my, like, I'm not even, I'm, I'm his mom. So I get to like you know, say nice things, but really like anyone who knows this kid, he is like the sweetest sensitive kid. Mm -hmm. And he was like angry. And I was, I was just like, who is this person and why? And, and, um, and then stepping back and thinking about it, like every time I was around that school, I was upset by things I was seeing, right? Like I was, Mm The first week of school, I probably could have named off all the, you know, quote unquote, bad kids because I heard their first and last name very mm-hmm. loudly, very publicly being mm-hmm. called out in front of all of their peers yeah, um, and up and down, you know, and that left me feeling uncomfortable. So then I started digging into like why and what's happening and, mm-hmm. and really what should be happening, I guess, is what we know now yeah. with the brain science and mm-hmm the experience, like we know that five-year-olds should still be playing and that should be the focus of their day, five and six-year-olds and seven and eight-year-olds, I'd argue also, but mm. that's not happening. Right. So, yeah. um, so I guess when you find that kind of rigidity, how do you, how do you suggest parents address that with their school systems or teachers or whatever? First, you need to know what's happening. So if, we know as early uh, childhood education educators that all behavior is communication. So we know to watch what they're doing, but the average parent that doesn't have any child development or early uh, education background doesn't know to look for those things. So I would suggest, but okay, I'll give you an example. I have a child that's um, pre-K that goes to the school during the day and then comes to me in the afternoon. If her parents uh, were saying to me, like, oh, have you noticed a change in behavior? And we talk about what's normal, what's safe. And then I ask the question when it goes too long, what's going on in their day? What did Mm. their teacher say at parent-teacher conference? Did they say, oh, they're the best behaved, quietest child in the room? That's problematic Mm. (laughs) because that's why they're doing that because they're masking all day and they're tired and they're tired of doing that, not being themselves. So that I would lead with find out from your child's behavior, you know, what they're doing. And then if it goes on for too long, tap in with the teacher and see how are they behaving at school? What's going on? Are they getting along with people? And, you know, if it's good to be true, it's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you, you know that something's going on. If you're thinking my child doesn't act like that at all, maybe you should check in on that. Yeah, that's mm. a great point. Well, and I think too, like you said, like asking what's going on. How rigid is your day? Are there opportunities for movement? Are there opportunities yeah. for silliness? Like these are children. We know, like all humans thrive in 
in play yeah. all ages. All so humans. Yes. Why are we not like taking our playful breaks too? And and I always think to, about the teachers, um, all those lovely teachers who use um, recess as punishment. Oof. Um, yeah. Why? Why are you doing that to yourself? Why don't you want to go out and play and see you're them playing yourself. and take some delight in their yeah. delight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You're punishing yourself. That's always, I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> and you just made me think of another thing, another thing that parents can do. Listen to them when they play. Mm. Because as educators, we learn all we need to know about the kids when they're in the home <laughs> space. And at home, your parents will learn all they need to know about what they're doing when they're pretending to play. Mm-hmm. What, what types of words are they using? What are they saying? Is it really punitive their play between other people? They're letting you know because they're processing the things that they hear during the day and then playing it out. Oh yeah. We, um, my sisters and I went to Catholic school growing up and we would act out some pretty intense scenes of playing school. And I remember like my parents' friends being like my, that they were childless friends of my parents that were like, what is going on here? They're mean teachers. (laughs) Right. Because you're just processing what you're hearing and seeing. So yeah, I would stay alert to their pretend play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some kids have this you know, more intensely than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that just speaks to the kid's personality. I think yeah. like you said, sometimes it's those rule followers that have the hardest time. It's those kids yeah. who, you know, and we know as adults that maybe there's not a real fear for life, right? Like it's not an actual, get your nervous system up, your, your fight or flight response comes in. Right. Yeah. But to them, they don't know that they don't feel yeah. safe and they are, um, maintaining their behavior out of a sense of fear on some mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Um, They're new here. Everything is emergent with them. They have mm-hmm. no concept or they can't uh, read your body language or know that this might be something else that you're worried about. They don't know any of those things. Mm-hmm. They're, they're taking everything personally. Mm-hmm. So oh, you have to tread lightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thought. Tell me more about that. Like they're taking everything personally. I think, well, first, I think we need to back up because I think it would be unfair to listeners to not give some context of where I'm coming from. I came from um, a traditional academic-based ECE space. So my home childcare was like that. We had a lot of rules and routines and schedules, and it was um, unintentionally rigid. Mm -hmm. It was playful, but rigid. And uh, what got me into restraint collapse in general was that I had a baby who was really well behaved all day, just a delight. And when they would go home, they would fall apart. Mm -hmm. And one day I was online and we shared, you know, social media and somebody was talking about their child falling apart. And the parent offered, oh, it's called restraint collapse. And it's when the child comes home and, you know, gave the, what happens. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, my child does it all, all the time, but I feel honored because I'm her safe space. I was so offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm like, I have a safe space. This baby is wonderful all day. And it mm-hmm. didn't connect until I learned more. And once I learned more, I'm like, oh, is something wrong that you're doing. 
that she's not really well behaved all day, every day. She's doing that for a reason. She learned compliance. She hasn't she learned. learned to yeah. be compliant. And so I kept digging and kept digging. And once I saw that, started to unlearn my teacherly ways and became play-based, then I really wanted to look into that, how the harm that a well-meaning well-intentioned, playful educator can cause a child by just excessive rules. Mm. So um, yeah, I think that's important for people to know that I I had to do the work of unpacking that. And I told that story for so long that I forgot your original question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that. uh, (laughs) what was my question? My questions don't matter around here. No, that was, you said that so beautifully um, because I think that's what happens. We're well-intentioned. And I I hear this all the time and, and that, that school that my son was at, that he felt that sense that was, you know, a neighborhood public school, the teachers really, and I heard them, they would say things, the principal would say things like, it's my job to catch these kids up. And when they leave here and at the end of fifth grade, I don't know what's going to happen to them. So I got to hammer it all in here now while I've got get them, them and ready, get mm-hmm. them ready, get them ready. It's always getting them ready for what's next. Always. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and teach, if they don't learn how to follow rules, how would they know how to follow rules? Right. That's such a, uh, myth a trap that we all fall into or so many of us fall into because it's just how we've been socialized to think Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah and that rigidity even if it's playful even if it seems like you're you're they're they're learning their letters at the end of the day isn't that what Mm -hmm. we want isn't that all that we've got some themes going and some crafts (laughs) (laughs) we've got the little turkey crafts everybody looks the same Oh, yes. And we we don't always see that we're creating that sense of fear or that um, we inherently hold the power as the adult in this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so tense because they don't know which way to go with you. And, and I think that situation, all the stages of that situation be, uh, for guiding me, because that is kind of like my marker Hmm. with the child how do they behave with me are are they okay with a meltdown can they have um a feisty you know back and forth with me those things show me whether they feel safe or not Mm -hmm. if you're too yes ma'am no ma'am you know then maybe you don't feel safe because you don't want to let your guards down and have a bad day so um, I really do thank that situation for changing my mind and, sure. and making me unlearn a lot of things. Well, and I love that, like, sometimes those moments come like, when we feel like, like, oh, gosh, that hurt. Like, they get yes. you right in the gut. And then you're like, wait, I'm sure for me, my first reaction is usually to feel a little defensive and like, what do you mean? Like you said, like, I'm safe too. And she feels safe here and she's been having fun. And we have a little secret handshake and it's fine. <laughs> I was like, this is my home girl. <laughs> I took it. I took it personally. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. so hard but not to. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, um, and I do think there is something to feel as the adult, the caregiver, the, the parent, um, 
you, you should feel special for being a safe person. That that's an accomplishment. You want, it is. Mm-hmm. everybody wants to have a safe person to turn to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know for me too, that was a little bit confusing, like, okay, once, and, and to be honest, I think most parents and most people at the end of the school day, they're also tired, right? Going to get their yes. children. And so mm-hmm. when those children start over kind of overflowing with emotions, not mm-hmm. always positive ones, not always easy ones, mm-hmm. uh, we can right there, we have a choice, right? So many grownups don't know that neuroscience, don't know that developmental science and want to just shut it down, get mm-hmm. it together. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you know, you just need an after school snack or mm-hmm. whatever that's, so that's the first step is like saying that this is not really okay. Mm-hmm. It's not really what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Maybe for a little while we transition, like, you know, I go, it's like an adult starting a new job. You start a new job, you Stressful. hold it together, you mm-hmm. protect who you are mm-hmm. over time, you get more and more comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's a transition period to any new grade, especially kindergarten, huge mm-hmm. change. But um, I had an ECEC person recently say to me, or a few years ago, say to me, I think part of the problem is preschool, they they leave preschool and they go to kindergarten and it's like pushing them off a cliff. It's just such a steep drop these days. And in her head at the time, she was trying to justify, like trying to think if she should make her preschool more academic. So it's less of a, a drop. Mm-hmm. Off that cliff. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Fine. And it's still a cliff, right? They're still like launching themselves, whether it's a short cliff or like, I don't think that's the answer personally. Yeah. Um, but like, we are well intentioned. We want to fix this. So if you mm-hmm. can get past that, you understand it's now like, it's not a tantrum. It's not something to shut down. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, behaviors, communication. What are they communicating? They're mm-hmm. com- communicating that they need connection that they need safety mm-hmm. um, so how do you recommend that that as the adult receiving that as you're you're the safe person what are some things you recommend that they do for that immediate moment that like first aid response to those feelings yeah I would think slow down because especially with children not going outside as much Mm. Um, at the end of the school day. I know when my kids, I think my youngest is 20. So uh, they were probably the last ones to go outside and play. Mm. And so when we came home, we didn't do homework. You came home and you went outside to play. Well, you had to snack, you went outside to play. And then you came in and did what you were supposed to do. But kids don't have that anymore. And so parents want their kids to be social and they either put them in a lot of programs or they schedule a lot of play dates right after school. Mm -hmm. And that's too much. That's one type of stimulation all day. Well, the rigidity, Mm -hmm. you're enclosed all day. And then you might not even have recess, maybe 20 minutes then you come home and it's boom, 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 boom. You're doing all these things. Mm. So if you were to see that, you wouldn't even know if it's a transitional meltdown or it's just this kid is doing too much meltdown. <laughs> so yeah, my suggestion is as immediate response, stop. Mm. Stop for at least two weeks and see if there's a difference. Yeah. And if there is not a difference in two weeks, start looking to see if it's something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The slowdown, I I know like for us, that made such a difference. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. Like it, it's hard to say like, 
no to play dates after school, right? It's hard to say. Um, it, it's a form of stepping out of line. Like your kids are supposed to leave school and go to gymnastics, or they're supposed to leave school and go to dance class, or they're supposed to leave school and it's have the play date. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you know, you mentioned homework. We're giving five, six, seven, eight-year-olds homework. That did not happen. Back, yeah. You know, when people are like, oh, kids today, like yeah. that wasn't a thing then. And mm-hmm. it's not even a, a little bit of homework sometimes. It's a lot. And it comes with punishments, right? Like mm-hmm. I know the second grade teacher at that school would all scream. I could hear in the hallway from her classroom, like, if you don't bring your homework that now we're starting to remove recess. That was the first week of school for seven and eight-year-olds. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These kids leave school still feeling the pressure of school. Like I still have this thing looming over my head. And if I don't check it off, I'm going to lose my recess tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's too much. It's too much for all of them. And I, I imagine it's oppressive for the teachers to have to enforce that every day, but who it impacts most is the child because they're the ones taking it on their tiny little shoulders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the emotional needs of our kids are so important. Um, and I just, I think that is where I have the biggest problem with conventional schooling these days is just, there's no room for that. And there's no room nobody's teaching parents that either. And we're saying, you know, you mentioned parent teacher conferences these days they're so scripted and, and you, oh, they're yeah. also so limited, right? Like I was given eight minutes last year, I think. And we went boom, 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 boom. Here are the test scores. Here's where we want them to be. Here's the trajectory. I don't care about test scores. I don't want to look at a graph. I don't want to see his trajectory. His trajectory to me that matters is how is he feeling? How is he responding to others? Who's he playing with? What's he interested in? And that's not part of lower elementary school in, in so many places. Not, I mean, not universal, but um, Mm. we've removed that piece of it. And we don't focus. I think as a society, it's always where you're headed instead Mm. of where you are. I meant to say that about the baby who uh, changed me, who grounded me. Mm -hmm. That's really my focal point. What are you doing now? Who are you as a person now? I don't care if you're ready for school. Mm -hmm. I care if you're ready to be three, four, five, Mm -hmm. the age that you are now. And I think with schooling, traditional schooling, it's always, if you're in first grade, we're getting you ready for second grade, Mm -hmm. second grade, third grade, fourth grade, are we holding you back? It's, you know, all of these steps and everything is looking ahead and no one's paying attention to where you are at that moment. Mm -hmm. We lose the child in that. Yeah. Oh, we lose the child. We lose so much humanity in the children in school these Mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. I love that. And yeah. Um, just, I, I think with your point of, of slow down and, and slow down to the point of almost stopping or stop, Yes, like return to that humanity, return mm-hmm. to seeing each other and seeing mm-hmm. your child as not a set of behaviors, but a, yeah. a person who has needs. And one of those needs is connection. The need is connection. And this is, I know that we're saying this and we're talking about it and with me, I have adult children, but I'm saying it because I did that hard work. We had to completely stop. My husband worked two jobs. Um, at that time, my childcare was not inside the home. Mm. So we were both 
always busy, always away. And our two youngest started really acting out. And at first we were just trying to like discipline them or things like that. And then I'm like, this is going off the tracks. Mm. And I told my husband, I said, we have to stop. We have to. Yeah. If we're going to be broke, we're going to be broke. You're going to have to get rid of run one of those jobs. We found a way to pool our money so we could have the daycare in one house mm. so that we were all present, so that we were all connecting. And it was, it didn't happen overnight, but it changed because it was necessary. I love that. Oh, yes. It's so necessary. And it's so important. We see each other as humans first with yeah. emotional needs and uh, their yeah. behaviors telling us something. Yeah. And I guess um, just one final thought is with uh, restraint collapse, when you're, when you're holding it in all, t- all day, have mm-hmm. you seen, you've, you've been in this for a long time now, have you seen an increase? Like, is, was this always something that existed? Is this something fairly new? What's your opinion? I believe it's something that has increased especially in the last decade. Mm. And I think that's because the workload has increased. Mm -hmm. The humanity has decreased. We're seeing you like this is a product line. Like, Mm. you know, what can you produce for me? You're not doing enough. The test scores are not enough. I'm getting stress from it. I'm getting the backlash from it. So you have to do more. And in kind of figuratively cracking the whip Mm -hmm. on these children Mm -hmm. and they're showing us that they can't take that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something we've talked about a few times on this show before is like, there's always more in school. There's more if you're underperforming, mm-hmm. there's more if you're overperforming, like there's just always, always more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do more, cut more recess, cut out gym, cut out music, cut out this more, 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 more. <laughs> right. Know? Like, like I saw a, a thing the other day, a meme about teachers and it was like something about their schedules. And it was like, you know, who else in the world who, in who, what other professional in the world has a 21 minute lunch break, right? We're like going down to the minutes. Yeah. The yeah. I mean, this is ridiculous. I love, I, I think that's one thing that we can do is we have to band together, you know, ECE and in the school teacher, we're not separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are the same. We have to be on one accord so that we can help each other. Like I'm rooting for you. And one way that I'm rooting for you is saying you need to go to the powers of be and say, this is too much. Yeah. It's too much for me. And I'm putting too much on the kids. Mm-hmm. Look at our kids. They're falling apart at the end yeah. of the day. And you like, are too. Like literally. Yeah. You are too. That's why all the teachers are leaving <laughs> because it's too much <laughs> on them. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kisa, thank you so much for joining thank and talking you. about this. This is such an important topic and, and parents really, um, Kisa is a great person to look for resources at kid crew adventures is her yes. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming Facebook too. I'm on Facebook, but it's just like a copy and paste. Type okay. of thing. Yeah. But we have a website, which is also kid crew adventures. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Kisa is a great person for resources and, um, look it up. It, it, you, some is normal. A little bit of transition time is okay. But if your kid is falling apart at the end of the day, get curious, ask more questions and be their advocate. Yes. Any other final words, Kisa? No, that's it. All right. Thank you All for right. joining everybody. Stay out of line. Thank you. 
It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Explorations Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work, and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.